The First Butterfly, Episode 19 A novel written by Jason Calibre, narrated by Chris Banner. Chapter 18 Now that Keith had a plan to deal with God's girl, things were finally going his way. He felt so good that he did not mind taking the bus to pick up his car from the repair shop. Once there, he discovered the actual cost for replacing the rear window was below the estimate. By the time he drove to the duplex's parking lot, he strode without a care past his landlord's place, certain he could handle any nonsense from Reuben. His neighbor declined to confront him, however. Instead, he remained indoors as Keith proceeded unimpeded to his own apartment. Keith discovered he had the place to himself. Apparently, Gina had something keeping her away from there, and that suited him fine. He needed an environment free of distractions. Without thinking, he grabbed the TV remote before pausing and setting it back down. He then microwaved dinner and ate in silence so he could collect his thoughts for the night ahead. As he washed the dishes... Keith noted with satisfaction that Gina cleaned up after herself before she left. He called Brian on his cell phone, opened his laptop computer, and logged on to Glim 3. Lady was sleeping under a pile of thick blankets in a room on the top floor of a tavern when someone slid a brown paper bundle under the door. She yawned and rolled over. Tracking God's Girl had required a lot of effort and she needed her sleep. Keith pushed aside any misgivings he had about her not sleeping. Ridiculous, he thought, worried that a piece of software isn't getting enough rest. He moved the cursor over the bundle and clicked on the package. In response to his command, the blankets fell away from Lady as she left the bed to retrieve the package. You guys did a good job when you designed her, Keith said into the phone, admiring the view as Lady sauntered across the room. If you like that, wait until you see what's in the bundle, Brian replied. Lady tore open the brown paper and dumped the package's contents on the bed. A complete outfit laid there, in a dark heap. All the pieces were whisper-smooth, wrinkle-free without a seam or crease, and black as the darkest night. She noticed something else that rolled off to the side. An old-fashioned fountain pen, carved from a single piece of flawless obsidian. Keith did a double-take when checking the stats on the pen. It was actually a dagger, and once again he found Brian's coding skills to be impressive. It was no small feat to disguise a weapon as something else in Glim 3. The pen's a dagger, Keith commented. Haven't you ever heard of a pen knife? Brian laughed at his pun. Really? Try on the outfit, honey. You're going to love it. Lady slipped into the clothes and stepped in front of a mirror to examine herself. A suit. Seriously. Keith commented. It suits you. Brian laughed again. Stop. Just stop. Keith issued a command for Lady to remove the outfit. No, keep it. The items are god-level, honey. Even the best gear other players have don't come within a thousand points of that stuff. Keith hesitated. At least use it tonight. As soon as Phil finds those items in your possession, they're gone. He didn't improve when I made them. He gave me a long lecture about how they're too dangerous to risk falling into other players' hands. 
Then he told me to stick to programming and leave the accessory design to the professionals. But they're masterpieces. I couldn't delete them. Now that we're doing this, it occurred to me they're what you need. Just get over me altering their appearance. I couldn't help it. A little joke between friends, honey. Keith decided to keep the items for now and joined in Brian's laughter to show there were no hard feelings. After all, he still needed the kid's help in getting rid of God's girl. Thanks. I hope it doesn't stop the other players from taking me seriously. He said, voicing his only reservation. As soon as anyone checks those stats, they'll take you seriously. All right. Let's do this. Keith said as Lady picked up the fountain pen, tucked it into her suit jacket, and strutted out of the room. Lady traveled to a guild hall in the heart of a city resembling old London. The hall itself was a large fortress, carved from dark stone blocks, complete with turrets and a portcullis. A wooden sign bearing a red fist and the words, Mad Crush, written in Gothic script, hung on the front of the building. Outside, a burly man with long hair and unkempt beard, wearing heavy armor, guarded the entrance. Lady noticed with approval that the armor he wore was not shiny and decked with feathers, the kind favored by players obsessed with looks. Rather, this armor was dull, scratched, and dinged. Despite this, it was serviceable, with outstanding stats, and that was what mattered. This character was a warrior and obviously knew his business. I need to talk with the guildmaster, Lady said. He eyed her over before speaking. The boss ain't in, especially not for a cop. Why don't you let one of your officers make that call? Unless, of course, you want to be part of the indictment. Keith clicked on a stat window on his computer and read the real name behind the character. Karen. Lady glared at her as Keith waited. Actually, there was no indictment. As far as he knew, none of the gamers here did anything wrong. At least, not in a legal sense. Mad Crush consisted of the best PvP players, and they were mercenaries of a sort. The guild earned a fine revenue stream by less capable players paying them to fight on their behalf. Ethically questionable, but hardly a crime. The portcullis lifted, and Karen stepped aside. Lady strode into the hall as if she owned the place. Large fireplaces at each corner of a long rectangular room cast light on groups of warriors scattered throughout. They were smoking pipes, quaffing mead, and engaged in private conversations while a NPC bard sang a heroic ballad. At the far end, a staircase slanted upwards, its topmost steps lost in a haze of virtual tobacco smoke. The guild's members stopped talking and stared at her with raised eyebrows and dark looks. One person walked over to the bard and tapped her on the shoulder, causing her to stop singing mid-verse. A heavily muscled warrior walked down the staircase and across the floor to intercept Lady. She smiled at him. He reached out and shoved her. Pig! He said, before spitting on Lady, as Keith read the name and guild rank floating above the warrior. Lady raised a hand to her face, wiped the spit off her cheek, and flicked it onto the floor. So, the guildmaster's up there, Lieutenant Crapper, she said downgrading his rank from captain to lieutenant and changing his name from Scrapper to Crapper. As she did this, Keith said into his phone, Now. Just a sec. Brian said, and Keith heard clicking as his co-worker typed. Done. 
Captain Scrapper let out a roar. Damn, PvE-er. I'd kill you now if you weren't too cowardly to duel. A player standing off to the side made a clucking noise, imitating a chicken. No need for that, Lady said as she pulled out the fountain pen and drove it into the character's chest, killing him instantly. Keith counted the seconds for it to register among the others that the area's setting was no longer a safe PvE, but a battle zone set to PvP. Fifteen seconds. Took longer than I thought, Lady remarked as a player unsheathed his sword and advanced. After a short pause, the rest of the guild members in the hall let out a yell and rushed her. Thanks to Brian's gear, Lady made quick work of them without suffering so much as a scratch herself. She pulled out a handkerchief, wiped blood off the pen, and proceeded upstairs. Up there, she found several of the guild's officers preparing to confront her. Let the five-o pass. There's no point in trying to stop her. A cultured voice called from down the hall. The players parted, and Lady continued into the guildmaster's office. The office itself was a study in antebellum elegance. Lacquered wood arranged in an artful parquet covered the floor. A plain white ceiling possessed elaborately carved molding along its borders. Tall walls held paintings of aristocratic people in classical poses, and floor-to-ceiling windows opened onto the street. In the center of the room, a large mahogany desk with two upholstered chairs placed in front sat on a Persian rug. Behind it, a fastidious man wearing a broadcloth suit relaxed in an overstuffed leather chair, flanked by two characters wearing robes covered in arcane and religious symbols. Keith noticed that, like Lady's gear, the suit was a disguised set of high-level armor. Lady picked up a pen sitting next to an inkwell. Keith scrolled through a window on his computer and discovered the pen was nothing more than a harmless decoration. There was, however, a quite lethal crossbow hidden under the man's desk. It's an honor to meet the infamous lady, the guildmaster said. The title, Handsome Ed, floated in the air above the avatar as he stood up and gave a courtly bow. The mage and priest standing to either side of him began chanting. A shield sprung up around Ed, and a series of green numbers rolled off him as the magic users cast a series of protection spells. You can tell them to relax. I only want to talk. There's no reason we can't discuss things in a civilized manner. My guildmates are saying differently. He paused while apparently checking the guild chat channel. They're pissed, and they want revenge. Just a demonstration to get your attention. They wouldn't let me up here otherwise. Lady sat in an upholstered chair, and Ed settled into the plush chair behind the desk. The guildmaster snapped his fingers at the magic users. Drop the spells. I've checked her stats. She can kill us whenever she wants. That stuff isn't going to stop her. The mage waved his hand to dispel the magical shield, and the constant stream of healing ceased as the priest exited the room. Why are you here? He asked. I need you. Lady winked. Drop the act. What do you want? I'm here to present you with an opportunity. Keith resisted the urge to have Lady jiggle. I want to offer you a significant amount of gold. Keith sent him a personal message with a link revealing Lady's bank balance. I'm listening. Resurrected guild members from the floor below burst into Ed's office, and he raised a hand to stop their progress. 
They waited expectantly with weapons in hand, watching. I believe this will make everyone a bit more comfortable. Although... Here Keith typed a command for Lady to shrug. It's hard to imagine anyone in this room being afraid of other players. Keith spoke to Brian, and the hall regained its PvE status. What happened here will happen across all our servers tomorrow. The entirety of Glim 3 will be a battleground. Thanks for letting us know. When everything goes PvP, we'll dominate. Still doesn't explain why you need us. Ed leaned back in his chair. Even if you want something, I don't think you have enough gold to meet our price. Look, Ed, Lady started. You saw the balance in my account. I'm offering it to you. For that much gold, I can have you and everyone here doing whatever I want, and we both know it. Then what do you want? I want this game to be unplayable for a particular tune. So, you're going to institute permadeath. No, can't do that. I didn't think you could make guild halls PvP either. Let's just agree that players will tolerate some changes more than others. Ed nodded. So, what is it? Beginning tomorrow, we're going to make the entire game PvP for 48 hours. During that time, I want you to go after a tune called God's Girl. You'll snuff her, and when she resurrects, I want you to kill her again. You keep doing this no matter how long it takes. Do that, and the gold is yours. I'd advise you not to do it, boss. It's entrapment, said a player with legal expertise. They're trying to catch us harassing the other players, added another player. Ed narrowed his eyes. This is no setup, but there is a catch. Lady stood up, and Ed gave her his full attention. The offer is being extended to other players and guilds as well, she continued. Whoever has the highest death tally against God's Girl will collect. The others get nothing. You're asking for a lot. We could be working our butts off, going after her, and someone else gets the gold, simply because they were lucky and got an extra kill. Not good. If you want this, we need an exclusive contract. I'm looking for maximum pressure on that tune. So an exclusive offer is not happening, Lady stated matter-of-factly. If you don't do it, someone else will. You should feel flattered that I let you in on this before the changes hit the servers. Ed nodded. I'll consider your offer. Safe passage out of the building? I don't need that, sweet thing. Lady turned to leave. The hall will stay PvE for the remainder of the night, and your guildies couldn't touch me, even if it wasn't. Not for you. Them. The guildmaster motioned towards the tunes standing between her and the door. <laughs> Lady laughed as they backed away, and then she headed towards the next guild. 
A few minutes later, she was in a rural area where a winding gravel path led to a tall black tower in the midst of a cornfield. A series of small crests, consisting of a gray shield with a gnarled stick, ringed the tower between its first and second floors. A sign bearing the words, The Knobby Staff Guild, hung over a large iron door. Lady opened the door and stepped inside. A few dozen darkly robed wizards stood around eldritch runes inscribed into a stone floor. The sound of chanting filled the air, and smoke from incense wafted across the chamber. On a balcony high above, a wizard with an ornate crown sat on a gilded throne while observing the proceedings. Everyone turned towards Lady, and the chat channel filled with the word, Police. A player summoned a demon, and directed it towards her. Keith spoke to Brian, and Lady went to work. Thank you for listening to The First Butterfly, Episode 19, Chapter 18. This episode was written and produced by Jason Calibre, featuring the voice talents of Chris Bander and Jay Cal. Cover art for the podcast and ebook provided by Nancy Aphrodite. Theme music, Sun Still Rises, provided by Wanderbeats. Please visit our website, thefirstbutterfly.com, for a complete list of attributions links, and other information concerning this patio book. You can help support this podcast by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. As always, we wish you all the best and look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Until then, have a wonderful week.